0: another edition of the real kipper and born show this one has a different feel to it why cuz the first for the first time since i can remember no ufa big day july 1st pushed back got a weird feeling.
1: It's got a weird feeling because Barney's
0: running downstairs. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm present. I'm just not in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> Nick Kiprios and the just joining us, Justin That's some good Bourne. hustle, <laughs> Sam McKee, Josh Santos for your morning edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne show live on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and wherever you're picking up. And subscribing to our pro- our podcast on iTunes and Spotify, uh, guys. I just uh, I just kind of teed it up a little bit. Uh, no free agency again till after the draft. The draft, of course, goes next Thursday and Friday, and then we jump into a UFA. But uh, things are starting to to move and, and heat up a little bit. We're going to get into talks on Pittsburgh with Letang and. Uh, uh, Gino, uh, what's his name again? We f- Gino
2: Malkin.
0: Have we yes. for- have we forgotten him already? Has Pittsburgh forgotten him already? Do they no. even want him back? The legend, uh, 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 the one hundred and first best player in NHL history. <laughs> what is going on? Malkin can't get another contract out of them. We'll we'll discuss that. Uh, Fiala, of course traded from minnesota to to los angeles and signing a huge contract what does that mean moving forward in the dominoes uh of ufa so all of that uh in the next little while also we've got uh we're gonna have a little spit and chiclets flavor to the show aren't we sammy yeah
1: rear admiral from spit and chiclets who have been meaning to get on with you guys you're gonna love him. great boston accent talk a little bruins talk some other nhl stuff but uh it's gonna be a good knows, ma- match knows you guys. his
0: stuff yeah. that's for sure love it love it um where do you guys want to start? I, I mentioned tomorrow was always a, a big day, Canada Day, of course, but uh, for us in the hockey department the last 20 years, it, it fell UFA. I mean, the phone calls that I made over 20 years to get ready for this show and bugging people and where's everybody going? Um, what, what do you recall July 1st being for you? Um, and I'll get both your thoughts, but I, I – I think I'll go to Super Sammy first, with a with a Leaf flavor here. Um, is it just a, a no-brainer to say four years ago tomorrow, the Leafs drop a huge one on their fan base with John Tavares? Is that the first thing that comes to your
1: mind? It is. It is the first thing that comes comes to my mind. That's what I was going to mention. And it's just funny to look back at what you know. The time has gone past. It's been four years and how I feel now versus how I feel then. I have to tell you, boys, there are few more jubilant Canada days that I've ever had than when the Leafs signed John Tavares. Like, I was with all my buddies. I was up and on sound. I was at a cottage. You know, we got the got the little smoke screen. Things were happening. You saw the pajama tweet. I can't. I, I honestly can't tell you how exciting that was. That was like a... A Leafs winning a playoff round kind of celebration, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what that celebration's like. I haven't experienced that since high school, so I'm not sure what that's like. But it was a very, very, very jubilant moment. And you look back on it now, and you look at what it is now, you look at it as an anchor. Like, they didn't get what they should have gotten out of the first four years of that John Tavares contract. It's just really funny to look back at it now and thinking about how happy we were. And now we're talking about it like an anchor. It's only four years. Yeah, JB, what flies, do
0: you remember? Man. What do you remember here in the news of Tavares four years ago tomorrow that he had well, left the New York Islanders and, and an organization that you uh, know as family to come yeah. to Toronto?
2: You know, I I guess that, like, behind the scenes on a name that big, on a deal that big, with the ties I have to Long Island and Toronto, you would think that I would have known that it was coming. Like, you know, I I was in touch with a lot of people around then and knew that there was interest and the potential for him to go and it could happen. But, you know, I had no confidence that it was actually going to go through. So, you know, I was what? was I still in the organization with the Leafs or either just removed? Like it was, it was exciting. It felt like a good thing for a lot of people here. And uh, I know I was kind of torn, right? Cause the Islanders fans were ready to rip him to shreds and disappointed that he left and all the, all the reasons they hate him forever. Um, so I kind of felt like I was on both sides of this one, but from a professional standpoint, I, I remember being pretty happy, right? Covering the Leafs and working for the team. It's a good thing for me anyway.
0: Yeah. For me professionally, I, the one thing that I, um, I look back on it four years ago is not being able to read the tea leaves. and of course, that's what we we've been able to do over the last you know many years is is get a feel and And this one was totally right down the middle, 50, 50. Will he or won't he leave? And of course, uh, you also have, uh, you know, uh, Lou Lamarello involved in all of this, right? So that, that that takes that takes secrecy to another level where insiders cannot uh, get a feel one way or another. And you know just to, to hear uh, probably within the first half an hour, 40 minutes uh, that when the news came out it was like, wow, he really did it. He left the New York Islanders. and of course, we knew the Leafs were in it. But they were also, so was San Jose, and and, the, and it's well noted that San Jose's offer was better, uh, but he was never planning on uh, being a West Coast guy after all those years on the island. And I do remember being on the desk, particularly with Doug McClain. And, you know, while Leaf fans and, and Sammy, uh, the yes. first thing you thought about was you're getting a superstar uh, at the age of 27, uh, and, and one of the uh, a franchise type of face guy, because that's what he was in the island, our first thoughts were right to, wow, $11 million. And what does that mean for Matthews and Marner who were looking for contracts? That was the first thought, was what does this do now uh, to those guys in terms of their demands, and we know history will show us that it probably pushed them up each easy two and a half million dollars a year.
1: Before we get into that, well, think about what San Jose's cap-friendly sheet would look like if they had got that contract. Boy, oh, wow! <laughs> like yeah. that's a fascinating what-if for them. But yeah, I wasn't as jubil I wasn't thinking about that as much, Kipper. I was yeah. thinking I more say, about slugging Molson Canadians and cheering about it.
2: For Tavares, I gotta say, like. You know, all this talk of how he could have handled it and should have handled it, and I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to my Long Island friends and say that I don't think he handled it particularly well. You know, he, he could have... He had to make that call earlier, staying, going, whatever, before screwing over the Islanders. I, I, I do get that aspect.
0: I do. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll, I'll go the opposite side. I think he played it fantastic.
2: How? I he did. hosed the team that he was with for nine years and was the captain of. They were getting it's, hosed anyways. Not if they trade him at the deadline. Like, not if he says I'm going. If you're not going, then stay. Like,
0: I don't. Yeah, yeah listen, I I get it, and I get all the uh, the booing when he goes into the island. But yeah, that's the way you play it out. That
2: uh, if you're trying to drain if, every last penny and you don't if, care about people.
0: Okay, so so you're mad at Tavares. Are you super happy that uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is announcing that he's leaving in two years? Is that better for you?
2: I don't know. This feels like weird. What aboutism? What are we talking about, Dubois? What do I care about Dubois? What's what's happening here? No.
0: What I'm saying is his strategy is just the opposite of Tavares, where Tavares right, doesn't right, tip right, his right. hand, I and then Pierre Luc Dubois turns around and gives Winnipeg two
2: years' notice. I feel like that's crummy too, because that that's <laughs> French. That's French for trade me right now. Make freaking up your now. mind. No, Make up your mind. Well, he he just asked for a trade. That's all he did. Listen, uh, the Tavares thing I was going to say, where I was heading with that original point, <laughs> I got to respect, you know, fortune favors the bold or whatever the expression is. Tavares put it on the line, didn't he? He flopped him out on the table and said, I'm going to go right to to Toronto. I'm going to be the guy like... You know, a lot of people shrink from that, no. and at the very least, you deserve some credit for bucking up and saying, "I'm going home, and we're going to try Listen, to win a cup there."
1: And that's—I really, really happy you said that because I was going to allude to that. Listen, Steven Stamkos has, you know, morphed into one of the, you know, bigger, leadery, best kind of guys, two-time Stanley Cup champion, almost three-time in a row Stanley Cup champion. But there's a huge uh, part of Leaf Nation that doesn't like Steven Stamkos because of what happened with him not signing here. You know, like that whole thing with the Canadian tire thing and like that meeting that went weird. There's a whole part of them that were that wanted Steven Stamkos here, which is also a super fascinating what if. But, you know, Tavares did it. Tavares came here and he bucked up. He was, like you said, he took the he took it right on the chin in terms of signing in Toronto, tweeting out the pajama photo, which he's never lived down. Like it was a huge decision and a really ballsy one to do it. And I guess when you don't win, this is the way you talk about it four years later.
0: Well, and that's just it. Uh, if I would have sat and, and told you four years ago off that signing, Sammy, that uh, they wouldn't see the light of day in the second round, it's even crazy. with Tavares, you would have looked at me like I had three heads.
1: It, it honestly, like it's just a real wake up call. Even looking at it now, like I, it hurts to say it like that. To look back four years ago, signing John Tavares, who was, you know, a top 10 center in the league at that point, a really, really valuable guy, adding to what the Leafs already had, and sitting here without a playoff win during those four years is yeah. a really tough pill to swallow, Kip. Yeah,
0: and and the other thing that it did on that day yeah. for me is it it uh, it sealed Naz Kadri's fate. Mm-hmm. With Matthews and, uh, and Tavares going 1-2, uh, there was clearly no room for Kadri. But,
1: for but do you think... Okay, so now we're getting into the awesome hypothetical weird debates. But if... Because the, they had the full year with Kadri, with, uh, right? As the third-line center. The first year against... The second year against the Bruins when he got suspended. Do you think if he didn't get suspended that year, we'd still be talking about Kadri on the Leafs? Or do you think that kind of was... With, with Tavares signing that that was done?
0: I think that... uh I think that uh he he would have been really pissed either way that uh that he wouldn't be getting the the minutes, the quality minutes. He is a he is a top 6 guy. He's been a top no 6 doubt. guy. And I, I I think it would have got ugly either way. I really do. Hmm. I don't know if he, he does not get
2: suspended though, Kipper. They keep him. He's just he was too cheap.
0: Yeah, 4. but 5. I don't think it would have been a very good marriage. Yeah. I don't that's just my opinion, yeah. of course. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I, I I don't know. You know, what What kills me is, like, poor Tavares, you know, hangs him out there, puts himself, you know, scores and scores 47 times the first year. Corey Perry braining him in the first round of that Montreal series. Like, if he gets to play that series, they probably win that series. You know, maybe the narrative's different. I, my point here is just you need some luck along the way. Mm-hmm. It just has not broke Tavares' way.
1: Exactly like to, zero luck.
2: It, it, you know, yeah. you hit one on the fringe of the cut line of the rough or the fairway, and it's kicked into the woods for this poor guy. How'd you play today or yesterday, Sammy? <laughs>
1: uh, I played well. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I played well. Two days in a row. Yeah. I'm playing not well. Play. The driver's headed in the right direction. Anyways. You did not You did not break 80 again. I did break did 80 you? again. But it's an easier course. Humber Valley, all our listeners are listening. It's a, it's a par 70. I think it's 5,800 yards. It's not the hardest. But I shot 77 yesterday. So, Ooh, yeah, a couple good ones in a row. I know, the- I know.
0: The uh, the other signing I, I want to bring up uh, uh, that was really good for Leaf fans uh, over the years, uh, Curtis Joseph. That one, that one was a good one too.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was good, but it was also the most heartbreaking one when he left. There's a like that was a you know a childhood hero of mine. That there's not many things that have hurt me as bad as sports as when Cujo left to go to the, the Red Wings. Truly. Yeah, and he's and
0: he's uh, he's. he's- been very public about that as well. That uh, when he looks over his career, he, he admitted that uh, it's one of the worst mistakes he made. Yeah. Really. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's heavy. Uh, so, hey guys, I, I got some pushback yesterday to a conversation we had. Not pushback, but to the conversation we had about the players eventually playing less hockey for the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Kipper, do you ever think there would be a day where the players would actually strike? To get, you know, to to protect themselves to play 72 instead of 82, you know, outside of just a CBA negotiation, just say we're just playing too much hockey.
0: Not a snowball chance in hell (laughs) will we see these guys strike or shut down
2: ever again. Really, really, Uh, just too much, too much lost in the pandemic.
0: No. They don't. They don't have what it takes to do it.
2: They don't have the Tavares.
0: They don't have uh, the intestinal fortitude to to shut it down. If they would have, uh, they would have by by now in in the last uh, I don't know fifteen years, twenty years. They they would have found a way to fight for what they really wanted. They that two thousand and four was uh, a tipping point when they. When they broke, they broke.
2: Yeah.
0: And when you break like that and you come crawling back, then it's, uh, thank you, may I have another?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Take what you get. Oh, yeah.
0: No, no. And listen, a lot of these guys aren't even educated on what the issues are. You ask half these guys, how does escrow work? They wouldn't have a clue.
2: No, just show me what's on my check.
0: Only Marshawn. Oh, on. no. they, they know how much is coming off, and they're pissed. Mm-hmm. But they don't, like, they wouldn't even know the uh, the history of how they got here. So you're asking me, would they ever shut down to get back what they already just gave up? The answer's no. And in all, you know, uh, to play, uh, you know, the other side of it, too, they are essentially looking at a a fifty fifty deal on the revenues. There's there's nothing to strike for anymore. And if we know the owners won't go for, for less games for e- equal pay. They'd want they want the players to give more back and the players are already sitting there going, We're bleeding. I mean, I'm making twenty five cents on the dollar. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I can't give any more, so I'd, I'd rather beat my body up than, than give you another dime of my money. So that's my answer to you, that all right. no,
2: they won't. So uh, then we can take that and pivot to, to money and the people getting money. You want to talk UFAs here and uh, Fiala, the trade and all that? Want to start on that?
0: Yeah, let's do that because we saw uh, a significant uh, trade uh, in the National Hockey League, as uh, our good pal JB just mentioned. Uh, Kevin Fiala dealt to the LA Kings for a first-round pick in Brock uh, Faber, who's a highly regarded uh, right-handed shot D-man. Uh, this is clearly Billy Garen making the best out of a very tough salary cap situation. Correct.
2: Yeah, and hey, look—I mean, they—it's not like they got nothing back. I think that's a pretty good haul for the rights to a player, right? Like they must have known that Fiala was going to sign the extension before they make that deal. Is that fair? Oh, with
0: without without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, that would have been negotiated. That would have been a a sign and trade, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, because that, that's a nice haul.
0: Fifty-five million one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars seven year deal for essentially
2: uh it's ridiculous
0: a point a game kind of guy uh a guy that uh you wouldn't consider uh a 200 foot uh player uh can can create offense can skate can control the puck great entries great vision offensively but like we're, we're not talking about a an all-star number one guy here.
2: No, it's, it's a big commitment. You know, I guess my question is just, I you're your 33 goals, 85 points in 82 games last year. Like, is this the guy the Kings want to make their push for like This is the first push, right? No more rebuild, you know, made the playoffs. Here we come. We're going to, we're going to get better immediately. You know, I, I'm That's not, I shouldn't knock Kevin Fiala. The Kings got better today for having done this. It just, I don't know. It's a big commitment. That's a core piece now for you. You know, is that one of the pieces you want to build around? I guess it's just hard to get these guys, which is why you do it when you can.
0: Uh, I mean, and, and, and you are looking at him as uh, an accessory piece to your nucleus, right? I mean, he's yeah. coming in as a as a sharpshooter.
2: He's a your knee lander.
0: Fourth, fifth guy, knee lander uh, Kessel in yep. his heyday. Right? Uh, just a guy that can come in, get his points, and maybe be the third, fourth, or fifth guy the media goes to uh, after the games. That's yeah. a, that's all it is here. And Nylanders at 6'9 was four years ago, correct? Yep. Five years ago. Four, uh, I think. Four years ago. so He's Got two uh, more years on his contract, I think, right? This
1: one and the yeah. next? Yeah.
0: So this one comes at a million more after all those years. It's not that bad of a contract for a guy no, that's perceived as a 30-goal game guy. That's and the also, going rate.
2: He turns 26 this month. You know, like, he's not old. You're not buying, you know, you look at, like, Kadri. People are like, ah, oh, this sets the, you know, whatever, the stage for Kadri. It's like, I don't know, man. This You're talking about 26-year-old. He's, well, turning 26. What's Kadri turn this year? 32? You know, the, the, the age thing is a good reason to like this Fiala deal and to believe that you're going to get pretty good value out of it.
1: Uh, it looks like a lot to me, fellas. When I open up that cat friendly page and look at what it's you know 7.8 until almost 2030, like it just seems like a massive deal. I know the cap will go up, like you said, goal scoring, but I guess this is just a friendly reminder of every year around this time when the contracts start to get signed. Like I get shocked every year when guys get a right. lot of money, but like that just... I know like you, all the points you just laid out there Kipper, like they're all good ones. And it's hard to find guys who score. And this guy is a good player on a team that I already liked. You know, me boys, I like the Kings, my boy, Sean Dersey out there. I'm a big fan of the Kings, but man, that just looks like a big number to me. And it's probably not, but that's just my perception of it.
0: Yeah. I, it looks like everything's trending in the right direction. At least if you listen to Gary Bettman talk about revenues, uh, they're ecstatic. I think they got a flat line for a couple of more years, which of course puts tremendous pressure on um, Minnesota and Toronto and Vancouver and probably I, everyone 12, every, you know, a dozen teams. But I think, uh, you know, in, in three or four years, uh, we're going to have that same perception, uh, perception, Sammy, that we had with Nylander. People
1: were screaming at 6'9". What do you they mean? They were. That, that it was too much? Too high. I too I much. never said it was too much. I don't think that was a perception. Do you think J-B, that was a perception? Yeah, yeah it J-B. definitely was. A really? lot so of people tongue, yeah. said 6'9", huh. too much.
2: Yeah. What do you, you break in to give them $7 million? Yeah, that was a thing. By the way, looking at that Kings cap sheet, I just got to say – I really like the guys they've brought in. I loved Victor Arvidsson and, and have for his whole career. Philip Deneau is, was a fantastic hockey player for them this past season. You know, Fiala is an ad with Kopitar. Like, they don't have much money, you know, laid out to many guys other than the, I, I is the only guy. After that, it's like Moore and Lizzo. You know, a lot of cheap players on that team. So, yeah, Kings Kings could be a force and, in that West, boys.
1: And that Doughty contract, if he is – that's oh. that thing is – how do you move that? That I I think you could still move that. No, Kip? I think he's still got enough sort of value and name recognition that you could maybe move a bit of that without maybe having to eat a little. What do you think? You're talking about Drew? Per, yeah.
2: Yeah. $11 million per until 2027. Uh, why are you getting rid of Drew?
1: No, I'm just saying, like, that's just a big contract.
0: Yeah, it is a
2: big contract,
0: but he's one of the best defensemen in the league, is he not?
2: Well, yeah, I guess it, it depends because he's had some seasons where he hasn't been. And like you know, he, last he, year, last year was validating. Was it the Olympics bump that's you know yeah. him really laying it out and there? Then he got
0: hurt. You can't give him that contract just a, a, a short few years ago and 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 bail on him now. This, the whole thing's built around him. Yeah. Yeah. He third
2: thirty-one points in thirty-nine games, seven goals last season.
0: Oh no, he's coming back stronger than ever, boys. This yeah. guy's got so much uh gas in the tank he's, here. He's he's got, of FU,
1: he's got a lot of F U He's got a lot of F U energy, that guy. I'm oh, a, a massive does. I'm
0: a massive fan of Drew Doughty. He oh, does. Yeah. Delightful. Uh Sammy, before we get to RA from uh spittin' chicklets, uh in a few minutes, do you wanna get into
1: Pittsburgh at all? Let, let's uh, that, uh let's save it for after let's save it for after R A. We'll save I'll it go for call
0: after him. we've got uh we've got Brian Burke on his uh his thoughts. Uh I think Brian Burke uh if I'm not mistaken, Sammy got him off of uh, Jeff Merrick's show, uh talking yeah. on Latang and of course Malkin and where that's heading. Uh
2: they have big, thoughts. big decisions, don't they? Like, How much do you honor the legacy of those guys in Pittsburgh? We can talk about that later, I guess, but crazy stuff. You know I was yeah. thinking about Kipper when you're talking about Dowdy is how he's kind of one of the few guys. He's the NHL version of Draymond Green, a guy who'll just say whatever and doesn't care and will smack you in the mouth and go right back at you. Like, We need more people like Drew Dowdy. What a fun character he is, huh?
0: And I think when it came to... His last contract extension, he made it abundantly clear to L.A. Like, I'm in it to win it. You guys are gonna go in a different direction and and bail or pause, then uh, then I'm out of here. I, I'm not right. resigning. And that wasn't the case. And I think he's uh, he's held uh, their feet to the fire in terms yeah. of getting better quickly. And I think this trade with Fiala is, is case in point. All right, let's go to our a host of spitting chicklets with his first time appearance on Real Kipper and Born Rear Admiral. How are you, pal?
3: Good. How are we doing, gentlemen? Thanks for having
0: me. It's a pleasure. What What's going on with you guys and, and spitting chicklets? You're taking a break. You're going right through to the uh, the, the draft free agency, uh, summer hits. Uh, what's going on?
3: August is usually our cool-down month. Yeah, we, we keep it rolling through the draft, through the free agency. You know, keep it rolling basically through July. We still have another golf, golf tournament, hockey tournament in Buffalo. Uh, in about a month, we're doing a street hockey tournament, roller hockey tournament in Buffalo. Can't wait to see that beautiful city. And then, yeah, August, we kind of take take the month off. We still have a bunch of interviews. We still put shows out. Yeah, you know, we just kind of go in a little cool down mode, recharge the batteries, and get ready for the next season. Especially after the last couple of years, it's been pretty hectic, as you guys know.
0: Hey, quickly, before we get to JB, is is, is my interview on your show still rated the number one all-time uh, <laughs> interview on Spittin' Chicklets?
3: Oh, I think a certain saw that was number
2: ninety nine may have bumped down a little bit., no, 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 no.
0: Oh, okay. second, second, most All right,
2: all right. Well, you know, first off, like congrats on the success of the show. You guys are killing it. How, how's it? Thank how's you it my been, friend. Like how's the growth been over the last year or two? You guys are all over the place, you know, but you you know putting on ball hockey tournaments, and you know you're you're all around the globe. What has the last year or two been like for you?
3: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind, my friend. I, I mean, I pinched myself. I, I probably, I'm probably bruised all over cause I pinched myself about a hundred times a week, especially, yeah. Like I said, the last couple seasons, it just it feels like being on a rocket ship that just keeps going up and up and up. I mean, you know, me and what started this six and a half years ago. And then, um, you know, we added biz biz business, like about 500 CCs, of you know, butt cheek in the left, and and uh, we've just been going and going it since. It's been, it's been wild, and yeah, the West Western Conference Finals always something else. I mean, we did you know Denver, then the private jet up to Edmonton, and and yeah, this is the reception we get from the listeners in every city. It's you know, for a guy who found success, finally found some professional success, kind of a little later in life than usual. It's you know, I can appreciate it more than maybe 20 years ago. You know,
0: so. Uh... Going into the, the final stretch here, we know where Witt was with the Edmonton Oilers. We know Biz Nasty tried his best to suck up to Leaf fans and uh, and ride that uh, very... Uh... And, and Calgary and Calgary fans
2: and, and, and Colorado fans.
0: <laughs> where were you, RA, uh, down the stretch? Wherever my money was on, Nick. Wherever my money
3: was on. <laughs> and, that, it, it, and ironically, it wasn't on Colorado. And everyone, you know, their fans are you know, crying like, oh, you don't, you don't like us. I said, no, it's, it's not about like. I'm "I just, I'm not a chalk guy. I don't bet the chalk. i like long shots and i chasing the money. And that, that basically hit me. So I didn't have money on Colorado simply because I don't chase the chalk. Um, I had money on Roman Yossi to win the Doris. And I watched that blow up in my face. Kiel McCash stole that. It would have been a nice little take some dent out of the season. Cause, yeah, it was wrestling. I feel bad for anybody who followed my picks this year. They'll probably pay me by Halloween anyways. But, yeah, that's <laughs> why so it's called gambling, not winning, right?
2: Yeah, well, that's great. So, you know, we wanted to get you on and chat a little bit about what's been going on in, in Boston. You know, you see that the, the team gets rid of a pretty well-respected uh, coach there in Cassidy, the Extend Sweeney. What are your thoughts on the Bruins' offseason so far?
3: Man, the Natives are getting rustles here. Um, they're, they're not happy at all I know their last uh when they a tweet out about extending Don Sweeney I mean they got you know what the kids call getting ratioed um you know I, I would have preferred they if they were going to do some fire and fire them both and, and start fresh I don't understand why they waited two weeks to fire him I mean if you know you're going to fire a guy at the end of the season you got to fire him and something obviously transpired in that couple of weeks where they decided to fire him and I don't know if that was to try to get Bergeron back because you know, you hear all, all, a lot of stuff that he wasn't the most popular coach, and he's been here six years, and as good of a coach as he is, you know, we all know these guys are hired to be fired with. I think John Cooper is the lone exception right now. I mean, Barry Trotz just got fired. Pete DeBoer just got fired. So, yeah, Bruce Cassidy got fired. I think the message was getting stale here, but it was just odd, the timing of it, how it came, you know, later than it usually does with, with uh, the end of a season. So, yeah, people aren't happy here. I'm I, waiting to see who gets named as the next coach, I think. If they get placated with that summary guy, they might calm down. But I don't know. I, I think this team, the, the, the cliff is just around the edge. I, I tweeted during the second game of the Carolina series. This, you know, this has been a fun run for the last decade and a half, and but it's over. The, the writing's on the wall. I mean, if Bergeron comes back, you know, he's not going to have Masha until I think December. Like uh, McAvoy and Grizzly are going to be out. Uh, it doesn't look very promising next season, and. The thing is, the prospect pool is bleak. That's why people were pissed off that they did reup, sweetie. Uh, they're always going to go back to 2015 here after that draft. Because even if he nails one of those, uh, one more of those pictures, Jake DeBruski is an NHL, but you know, you got a, a minor league or a, a, maybe at best a, a number six defenseman. I mean, if he takes Kyle Connor or Matt Balzala, you know, any one of the other names that got taken right after, the team might have another cup, so it would still be a contender. So I, I, think, uh, I think I think I could see why people are unhappy this week. Kept it
0: Especially with uh, the That's fact that, that, that you lost Krejci, uh for nothing, right? And and never really replaced him. And Coyle's a, a good player, but uh, a number two behind Bergeron, kind of questionable there, R.A.
3: Absolutely. And I know Eric Hall, you know, he's a great player. He had a great second half of the season. But, you know, he's not David Krejci. He can't do what David Krejci does. He's probably not the number two guy that this team needed or, you know, they, they put him there, but he wasn't the caliber they were looking for. And, yeah, that's the other thing is, you know, the people are just looking around the corner. What's, you know, what's there? What's going to keep this team, like, going, keep them going to the next thing? And, you know, yeah, we got Pasta, we got McEvoy, but there's no one, else. no one else there. The company is like Old Mother Hubbard right now. It's bare. There's not much, there's not much there. Uh, the prospects are glim for the future of this team.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but – but, you know, you, there is the new new coach coming in, new energy that comes with a guy like that. Seems like it's going to be David Quinn. Does it matter that he's an East Coast guy, you know, from uh, looks like Rhode Island? Uh, your thoughts on getting Quinn in there?
0: A little Boston
2: um, flavor.
3: Yeah, 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 he's a Rhode Island guy. He played coach BU for, for a bit. Um, I, You know, I, I don't know if, if he had issues in New York I was just, you know, a typical coach there for a few years, gets fired, blah, blah, blah. I know that, like, again, the... the, the the fans don't seem to want him here. I I'll give the guy a chance. I prefer maybe Jim Montgomery. I know Jay Leach is another guy whose name's getting thrown out there. You know, hasn't coached an NHL team yet. He's very familiar with a lot of the roster being in Providence. He just got a taste of an assistant uh, job out in Seattle last year. But I think Jim Montgomery's the guy. He would maybe excite people here. He's a great coach. You know, he didn't. You know, he had some personal issues. He addressed this. Certainly, nothing he did that would warrant him not having a job again. He certainly should be an NHL coach and. I, I like to see them uh, hire Jim Montgomery. David Quinn seems to have the inside track. Uh I don't like I, said, I don't know if the fans are gonna like it or not. It doesn't really matter. Uh it, because Don Sweeney's gonna do what Don Sweeney's gonna do. And you know, I wish Don Sweeney had a candor of uh of Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy says it like it is, tells you well, you know, there's no gray area with him when Don Sweeney talks, it's kinda of this Harvard corporate speaking. You know, just, it's like, the fans are like, just say it so we understand what you're talking about. He, he can't just say yes or no. And I think that's the other thing that fans. He's like, you know, he just gives these elongated answers and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just use plumbing, man. This is Boston, man. You know, we all didn't go to Harvard and MIT. You know, just <laughs> give it to us straight, tell us what the deal is, and, and okay. And he kind of talks in corporate speak and talk in circles. And I think that's another thing that I think people get frustrated with with on Sweeney here.
0: We're talking to the host of Spittin' Chicklets, the podcast, Rear Admiral. And when we look at UFA, R.A., uh, Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey, and Naz Kadri, uh, will either one of them serve a very functional purpose for the Boston Bruins or anyone else on the East Coast that you can think of?
3: Oh wow! There's another thing we can criticize Sweeney about free agent signings. Uh, I do not see this team <laughs> making a splash at all. I would—I uh, gotta watch my, my language on regular radio—but I would poop my diaper if they ever signed Johnny Gaudreau, considering how much money it's gonna cost them. Uh, same with the Kadri. I would love to see either of those guys here. It would be a perfect injection, you know, of life into this team. Uh, they don't have a history of doing it recently. I mean, they did it with Chara and Savada, I want to say 16 years ago, and that was a huge day for the franchise, changed them forever. Change the whole you know, trajectory of the franchise's history. But uh, I don't see that happening right now. It's not Don Sweeney's M.O. I mean, you know, he brings in old veterans who are, who are at the tail end of their career and gives them a nice little kiss-off. Uh, but there's been no indication that the Bruins are going to spend money to bring in a, a cadre or a good So if that happens, I love it, would welcome it. Uh, I would be shocked to... to to shoot, if it did happen, put it that way.
2: <laughs> I love how awkward it is, you trying to not swear. I'm fully enjoying this. you got a brother from Watertown. He's the same way. Uh, oh. Listen, the, uh, <laughs> what is the uh, the perception down there? This is a Toronto Maple Leaf show, first and foremost, and what is the perception of what the Maple Leafs are? Is there any respect or fear of this team, or is it just like a, at some point when you can't win, you, you lose that? What, what are your thoughts on what the Maple Leafs are at this point?
0: Are, are they getting handshake respect, Are a south of the border. That's what JB wants to know.
3: The, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still the uh pre-2004 Red Sox. Yeah, they're the, they're the laughing stock that can't get it done, and they're almost like yeah. a cute little brother who trips over himself. And you know, it, it's it, it's become what it is at this point: the first-round flameouts. And look, I you know I, I have fun with the Boston Toronto stuff, but you know we've had Austin on the show a couple of times, and we're big fans of him. He's a great kid. I would love to see him. Have playoff success, and you know on that on that level, yeah, I, I would like to see the Leafs, like Leafs do something because I want to see him and mention and, and get deep in the playoffs, kind of like we saw a this year. Um, but you know, right now, I'm pretty sure they don't have a goalie. You know, if I'm not mistaken, they need to sign a goalie. Or uh, so it's like, uh, how are you, how are you afraid of this team right now? They don't have a goalie. You know, so my, my alarm keeps getting going off. You guys got me out of bed early today. I'll tell you that because it tells how much I like you guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that.
3: No, my, my pleasure. But, yeah, Toronto, I mean, you guys are, are right there. But it's so key, both of them, a huge position. Uh, I know. I, sh- I should not to disrespect Freedom Ravik. You do have him signed next couple of years. But, you know, Jack Campbell was your guy last year. And right now if he's not signed. I don't know if they're going to get someone on the market. And, you know, that's been the, uh, you, uh, their Achilles for a long time. I mean, Toronto, if they can get a bona fide number one on there, then you guys uh, will be looking pretty good. But until then, I don't think teams are going to fear you.
2: Well, we appreciate you coming on today. I'll, I'll leave you with one one more question. Just want to know a little bit more about what it's like working with Biz and Wit all the time. You know, these guys hog all the headlines, but I know you're the brains that keeps it all together. These guys can't be following the league that close. Come on, RA.
3: I mean, you guys probably must know who the three Stooges are. Well, I'm 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 Mo, uh, <laughs> Wit Curly, and business business Cur uh, yeah business Curly what's his name Wit Larry. And I'm always drinking them the eyes and drinking them over the head. So, yeah, we're like the three Stooges. That's probably the the best the best analogy I can come up with at this hour.
2: Uh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys are you're doing great things. We appreciate you getting up early to to join us today, man.
3: Uh, anytime, boys. Anytime. I'd love, love to do it again.
0: A., All right, host of Spittin' Chicklets. Thanks for joining us, pal.
2: That guy knows his Boston Bruins inside and out, Kipper.
0: He does. Hey. Um... Like any time as uh, soon as the cup's awarded, the odds to win the Stanley Cup are oh god two thousand and twenty-three. And dare I say it, JB, you said it's a it's a leap show. So of course uh we are talking about <laughs> a team that has not seen the light of day in the second Shut round up. for a billionth g- year ranked second. <laughs> Colorado the Stanley Cup champions Toronto has the second best odds to win the Stanley Cup in 2023 and this is why
1: people laugh at the Leafs honestly it is
2: it's it doesn't help What are you talking about
1: it doesn't help if you if I ran into somebody on the street they're like yeah I got a great future bet Leafs to win the cup next year eight to one I might punch him in the face. But like, oh, what are you the,
2: doing? You could not place a worse it's bet than that. It's the worst bet ever. Like, and you know what else I'll say about to these? one? Are you these, crazy? <laughs> these summer bets, the, like, long, you know, to win the cup odds, these are available at Christmas. They're no different after yeah. three months. They're available at the start of playoffs at the same odds.
0: But, like... But you Go know ahead, what Jeff. the punchline joke is when you tell people that the Leafs have the second best chance to win the Stanley Cup next year. You know what's coming.
1: Yes. What's coming?
0: That's that's what that, that's round, what that? adds that's what adds fuel to the fire in terms of that ongoing Leafs are a punchline joke.
2: Yeah. Here's the thing. They're good enough to be. So they're they get. Odds are set because there's a bajillion Leafs fans and they don't want to give you any real chance to win any real money, right? So, like, they're not the second favorite to win the Cup. Betting-wise, they have the second-shortest odds. But still, they're in the t- group of teams who have a chance, right? Like, they... <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, for but sure. The, they
0: it, still it, wear they, blue and white,
2: boys? Yeah.
0: Go, okay. go, go back to the first five minutes when we're talking about Tavares, they just need a lucky bounce, right, JB? They just haven't had the,
2: the luck. See, this is the stupidest thing. It's true. <laughs> it's unless you believe in voodoo and garbage like yes. that. <laughs> no, it's no. like, I know, and, and, and Sammy does, but Kipper, you're supposed to be a hockey guy. <laughs> you recognize that jerseys don't stop uh, you from winning.
1: You'll learn. <laughs> you, haven't lo- believe- you haven't loved this team hey, enough.
0: You're right, but I also believe in the hockey gods, Oh, they're there, they're there, they're out there.
2: Are we going to do a <laughs> hold on? Are we going to do a hockey show next year in the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I'm the only one who's going to think the team's good here.
0: No, My- no, I think the team's good too, and they're talented, and they uh, find a way to make everybody believe that they've got a chance for sure.
2: I say it's pure cowardice to take the stance that the Leafs can't win because you're protecting yourself. You you get to look like the smart guy when they don't win. Cowardice on both your behalf.
0: The one consistent thing that I, I think I've been through and through with the Toronto Maple Leafs is that there's the regular season and then there's the real season. And they're not built for both. They haven't been built for both for a long time.
2: Well, first off, they just had a fantastic first-round series against a very good hockey team. So I thought they looked pretty good there. That could just be me. I know they didn't win. Here's what I think. I think what we see and talk about as playoff teams is so relevant in the third round and in the fourth round in particular. In the first round, you see the Carolina Hurricanes win, and you see a lot of teams that are okay. Get The Edmonton Oilers win. You know, I don't think that the Leafs aren't capable of being those teams. You're right, Kipper. I don't know if they can win a cup. I don't know if they can grind it out in the third round and the fourth round. This team, they could win a first round, a second round, and then just cross their fingers at that. Just
1: make Sammy happy. Just give me the Rangers run. That's all I need. Just give me the (laughs) Rangers run. Losing six in the conference final. Let me believe. Let me put on the jean shorts and a Leafs jersey and go outside and celebrate a win. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just nothing but heartbreak. But eight to one is a joke. That's a joke. joke. Like I'm I'm going full Lindy Ruff here. That's a joke. Anyways,
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're gonna go to break here. Are we gonna do some text and tweets? We still got a uh, Pittsburgh uh, conversation after the break. We got we got plenty more on Real Kipper and Born on our last day of June. Crazy boys, it's been this crazy, crazy fast. Uh, but we're still here and we're still talking, and we'll be back after these messages.
1: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick show subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: As we wrap up this week, a big week coming up. We're starting to hear some big names, including Malkin and Latang, and what's going on in Pittsburgh. This was Brian Burke on the Jeff Merrick show. Let's have a listen.
3: Nothing's changed with regard to our personnel. They're, um, we want to sign both players. Everyone should be emphatically clear on that. We would like to bring both players back, but they've got to come back at, at term and contract dollars that make sense. So we want both players back. They've got to come back with, with the length of the contract and the amounts of the salaries that make sense. And if not, they're not coming back.
0: <laughs> That's it.
3: That's all we <laughs> need to
2: know. God, you right? know, why? I, I, why can't everyone say that? Like, listen, we want these guys. We're not going to pay them like idiots. It's not that complicated.
1: I, I would be horrified of walking into the Pittsburgh, or driving to Coal Harbor, wherever you're going, to talk to Sidney Crosby and telling him that Gino and Chris LePang aren't coming back.
0: Okay. Hold on for a second.
1: Like okay, th- He's played with those guys that, that, his whole life.
0: That, Sammy, that's not where the conversation begins and ends with Crosby. This is where the conversation with Crosby goes. You're not getting Gino back, but you're getting Forsberg from Nashville. Okay? Okay. You're getting you're getting Naz Kadri. You're getting younger and and maybe stronger. Like the man is 37, if I'm not mistaken, and beat up. Bad knees. Like, where are you going to go spend 6 or $7 million for this? And I get it. You don't want to insult him, and you want to leave the fan base feeling like we couldn't go where Geno wanted to go, but man, oh man, look, look what they did. They brought in Forsberg. And you just, you just, you better be, you better have something to splash when you tell Sid that Gino's not coming back.
2: I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. And I am torn on how you, how you have to deal with these guys because of their legacies and wanting to preserve those reputations. Like I hate when superstars have spats with their former team because they didn't feel like they were paid the right respect on the Mm -hmm. way out the door. Like, you know, you want to preserve that relationship, but. I think you can preserve it with logic and just being like, we can't pay you that much. Like Gino turns 36 to your point uh, in August. So it's yeah. like, okay. You know, so it's like, uh, Gino, we can't give you a six-year deal, dude. We don't know what you're going to look like in three. So we'll do a three-year deal at $7 million a year or whatever. You know, like y- you have to be able to employ logic, and I think that bails you out in the end.
0: Like any show on our morning edition, we just run out of time. So let's leave uh, the, the Leaf podcast that we do on this note. Going into next week, guys, what do we expect out of Kyle Dubis? What is the, the look, the what's going through his mind as he goes into a very important week, uh, NHL draft? I,
1: I mean, do you want to go ahead, born in, or do you want me to jump in here? Go ahead, bud. Go, I, go go, JB first. Okay, go ahead, bud.
2: Okay, yeah. uh, I just think he'll be surveying the landscape and finding out what's available. Like, you know, uh, you know, Malkin's out there. You, know, you hear all these different names of players who could be available. You know, how how big does he want to go here? How much of a shakeup is he really looking for? And I think that starts with just surveying the landscape and finding out what's there for you. And that includes with Jack Campbell. You know, this guy. Uh, you know, we they haven't made him an offer yet. Kipper they, they must be looking at least at other options and I think that that's what he'll be doing researching what's available
1: I, Sammy he has no choice but to go big I, I agree I think the I think the goalie is obviously the number one priority but outside of that I think it's finding a third and fourth line with some identity boys because I think that's what happened in the in the playoffs ultimately we talked about at the bottom six was what kind of cost the Leafs against that against Tampa I think finding some identity in the bottom six-year lineup is the priority in the draft and in uh, free agency. You're not going to find it in the draft, but don't get me wrong, but at the draft or in free agency. You got a tweet uh, well, some, wrapping I, our heads around
0: that, uh, that thought of, uh, of, of a depth player?
1: Yeah, a guy from uh, Bucky and Kitchener who tweets the show, texts the show all the time. He just said, uh, Leafs need to throw the kitchen sink and grab Nick Paul from the Lightning. Uh, hometown boy that killed the Leafs, big body with some panned paper, just what they need. Have a great day, boys. Great show as always.
0: Is it a kitchen sink or is it like one of those? Uh, those a basin. Ma- mini bar. Ma- a basin. Ma- <laughs> ma- <laughs> ma- <laughs> Maple-, Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> bathrooms. A trough. <laughs> you <laughs> know,
2: <laughs> Nick Paul is the exact guy you love to have on your team cheap. At two point eight, <laughs> cheap. <laughs> you know, he's the exact guy you don't want to be. The team who pays five point five for, I don't want to be the Flames playing paying Blake Coleman after he's done his his damage. You know,
1: my prediction with Wait. Nick Paul, he signs in he signs in Tampa at a shockingly low number. That would be my prediction. How, give, give me give me how low? Like I'm thinking like around three. Three five would be the equivalent to four five in New York or Toronto. Yeah, I I, I would say three. Three and a half as he signs in in Tampa.
2: Where's Ilya Mikheyev going to sign?
1: Uh, Columbus. And, and, and I'll drive him there.
0: Five by five. And are you are you rep- are you looking at Mikheyev and saying uh, I'm replacing him and his role in the bottom six or the top six?
1: <laughs> bottom six. Bottom, bottom six. Bottom.
2: bottom.
1: Yeah. Wow. He's going to score four goals next year. Here first. You're first. You still driving him to the airport? Yes. Yes. Sammy. I'll drive him he I'll was on, all he the was way to Columbus. Pay- <laughs> yeah, he was all on right, pace our- for
2: 30 goals this year. If he scores 30 goals in the rest of his career, I'll be impressed.
1: Agreed.
0: Anyway. Our, our thanks <laughs> to the host of Chick Chicklets, the rear admiral, uh, was kind enough to join us. Wherever you're listening, um, send us a rating and review on our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. For Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Josh Santos, thanks for listening. We're back for a very busy week in the National Hockey League starting on Monday. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Tomorrow...